This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Uh, we've been hearing a lot of these uh, lockdown laws that have come into force. This city, of course, with those bylaws and the enforcement officers who are the bane of some people's existences. We've heard a lot of stories and uh, they've come into my inbox as well. People just walking through the park or sitting down uh, to have a smoke and suddenly the officer comes in and tickets them. Some people see this as government overreach. Uh, there are some implications that I think deal with constitutional rights and freedoms, but are those suspendable during an ec- uh, during not an economic crisis, but a health crisis? John Carpe has joined us on the line. He's a president of the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, and he'll help clarify things. John, always a pleasure. Hope you're staying well out west. Yes, thank you. I hope you are as well. We are indeed. Uh, But I'm curious. Now, on this matter, I know you've written an op-ed piece uh, in the Post that has to do with Alberta's Bill 10, but uh, and maybe even by way of instruction, because we're not really familiar with that so much. But uh, these kinds of decrees that are coming from governments to address a health crisis and uh, restricting movement and so on and so forth, is that uh, a dangerous development? Is this government overreach? Or are these legitimate, uh, well, decrees from government? Yes, they're dangerous, and yes, they're legitimate. Uh, The Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms does permit that in some circumstances, the government can, in fact, violate our fundamental charter freedoms, including things like the freedom to move, to travel, to assemble, to associate um, these freedoms can be, and the freedom to practice uh, one's faith or religion, these freedoms can be violated by government. However, uh, the violation has to be as small as possible to accomplish the goal. So we had, over the Easter weekend in Saskatchewan, at least two churches were threatened with fines if they proceeded to hold a drive through church service with cars parked on a parking lot, everybody staying inside their vehicle, and listening to uh, the sermon and the singing through their radios. And the Saskatchewan Health Authority uh, threatened the the churches and congregation members with fines simply for parking their cars in a parking lot when we all know that COVID cannot transmit, you know, out of your car through metal and glass and then through metal and glass into another car. So this is an example of government overreach. It is a violation of the Charter of Freedoms that is not justified. Now, other violations could be justified, like uh, quarantine, uh, which is not with a massive lockdown of the entire population, but quarantine to force sick people into isolation so that their uh, the illness they have does not spread. That's definitely a violation of the charter liberty rights. However, it's justified in the public interest. So the, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit complicated. The government measures generally are legitimate. However, uh, they're coming outside of legitimacy more and more often. Well, there's also uh, the question of whether or not, uh, you know, the government can sort of just announce these things by fiat or decree, or do they have to go to a legislative body and be agreed upon by all the parties, all the members? Excellent question. And this is a problem we have in Alberta, where the um, the legislature on April the 2nd, they rushed through uh, new legislation. Uh, they they um, voted in favor of it, passed it into law on April 2nd, giving cabinet pow- cabinet ministers the power to write laws on the spur of the moment. And this is in addition to previous power they already had to merely suspend the operation of some statutes. So 
So, for example, previously they had the power uh, to suspend a section of the Motor Vehicle Act or to suspend a section of the Employment Standards Code. Uh, but now they have an added power to actually write laws and create new penalties up to $500,000. And um, that was rushed through the legislature. And these powers can be exercised in an emergency situation. Um, but And the problem with that is that, that there is no actual time limit on the emergency because it's supposed to be 30 days for a public health emergency, but there's nothing in the legislation that uh, prevents the government from renewing it the next day. So basically, uh, <laughs> we have to hope that our politicians care about charter freedoms because they can keep these emergency powers uh, in force for a very long time simply by renewing the time period. Right, because we hear the word temporary bandied about. These are temporary measures, and I just wondered if that gave you pause for concern. I think you've answered the question. Well, uh, we're still paying the temporary personal income tax that was introduced uh, only for the purpose, it was introduced in 1917 in the middle of World War I, only as a temporary measure to help pay for the war effort. And here we are 103 years later and we're all still paying uh, personal income tax. We also see with uh, surveillance and police powers after 9-11, that's turned into a permanent uh, crisis, so to speak, uh, because the extra powers that government took for itself after September the 11th, 2001, are uh, are still kicking around today. Well, is there any one particular thing that we might be most wary of uh, as not being temporary, but, you know, this incrementalism or creep, legal creep happening, uh, anything you would flag? That's an excellent question. I, I can't... Uh... I, I would say I would say that uh, the, if if other provinces also have a law like Alberta's that does not uh, require the government to call the legislative assembly back into operation, which by the way, can, with today's technology, that can be done very easily uh, and still comply with social distancing measures. I mean, there's no reason with today's technology why you couldn't have uh, you know all, all the MPs or all the MPPs meeting, um, but. It should be that if, if the government, at the end of the 30-day public health emergency, if the government wants to uh, extend that for another 30 days, they should have to call the entire Legislative Assembly uh, back into session for approval. Uh, that's extremely important to, uh, to have the timely review by the elected members of the Legislative Assembly. If you don't have that, then you've got kind of absolute power being given to the Prime Minister and the Premier's. Or the finance minister, as we learned two weeks ago, when uh, Bill Morneau wanted license to tax and spend with impunity for a couple of years and uh, just thought it was too cumbersome to bring back people into the House of Commons to uh, debate the measure. Very instructive. John, i got to let you go on that note, but I always appreciate your inclusion. Uh, again, stay well out west and uh, down the road. We hope to speak again. Thanks for having me on your show. John Carape, president of the Justice Centre for Constitutional Freedoms. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, 
and all podcast platforms.